You're listening to the Faith City Outreach with your host, Marina Maria, who is also the founder of Global Gospel Worship Radio. Marina interviews local pastors and global leaders to share their testimonies and their ministries. Marina wants you to remember Matthew 6:33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Now here's your host, Marina Maria. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Pastor Edwin Mendoza, who pastors Jubileo International in Phoenix, Arizona, and he is also the director of the Arizona chapter for the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference. Thank you very much, Pastor Edwin, for being on Faith City Outreach to share your biblical knowledge and experience um, as a leader. Thank you so much. I am very honored. Thank you. Pastor Edwin, I know you are the director of the Arizona chapter for the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference, and you recently had a private gathering of leaders last week. What is the purpose of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference? The purpose is to become a prophetic voice in every state where we have a chapter. So currently we have 28 chapters in 27 states. And the vision of our president, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, is to activate the church to a prophetic, prophetic voice. And that's what we want to be. We want to be that prophetic voice that's going to be uh, involved with the government. So we want to show the government and those spheres that we're uh, an active church that's bringing a prophetic voice to our government, to our locals, to our city. And that's exactly what the vision is about. How often do you meet? We meet, well, we have our executive board meeting once a year, uh, but we have constant meetings on Zoom and uh, with different aspects of our organization. So we have uh, uh, justice, uh, righteousness, and different areas, different departments that we work with. And so we meet. Right now we have a, a, a new department that just developed. JAPA, which is insurance for pastors, and uh, we're building it. So we're meeting quite often through Zoom. You just mentioned about being an active prophetic voice. How is this taking place? Are you training the leaders or how is this, how are the leaders being prepared to be an active prophetic voice? Well, I personally believe since I've worked with so many pastors, and like you said, we just had our International Leadership Summit this past week. This past weekend, we had over 800 leaders show up from all over the country. We have leaders coming from uh, Florida, from Georgia, from Connecticut, from California that joined us. And other states that came over 800 leaders that showed up because we believe in unity. And we believe that in order to acquire unity, there's something that we need to offer as pastors. And me personally, I believe that by providing resources, bringing resources to our pastors that will attract pastors to become part of what we're doing. So every time that we get a chance to bring in resources to our pastors, that's when we create these type of events. And we had, for example, Star Church. We had Bethel School of Technology. We had Marketplace Chaplains. All these are resources for our pastors that attract unity. And so we try to provide those resources in order to equip train our pastors to do better on what we've been called vocationally to do. That's so interesting that you bring up unity. 
Um, about a year ago, I interviewed another pastor from California, and he talked about Arizona being one of the places that needs to improve in the unity area. I'm so curious, how are you doing this? How are you creating unity within the body of Christ and between the leaders too within the body of Christ? Well, I remember a pastor calling me and telling me, uh, Pastor, I need all of your contacts. I need every single contact that you have uh, from every pastor that you know in the city. And this was my answer to that pastor. Well, if you want my contacts, you got to drink about a thousand cups of, of coffee because that's what I've done. I drank about a thousand cups of coffee sitting down with every single pastor. You don't bring unity just like that. You got to build it. And the way to build it is by having a relation. You got to have a friendship relationship with pastors. They got to be your friends. I believe in unity by, by building those relationships, by being friends with pastors. So we sit down, we drink a cup of coffee, we start chatting, we start talking, we start laughing about different issues, and we start building that relationship. And that is the base, the foundation to unity. That's great. So are you saying that here in Arizona, leaders need to gather more together to fellowship more? And not, not only in Arizona, I believe that in every single state nationwide, globally, leaders need to come together. But there's a huge barrier that kind of divides and, and obstructs that unity. And that barrier is when, when I believe that I have my own agenda. And my agenda is more important than, 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 than the kingdom. Mm -hmm. you know, we sometimes make our priorities, our personal priorities, our churches, our ministries, we make them our priorities when in reality, we're all working towards one, one, one kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And so we got to learn how to kind of dislink or, or, or become a little more separated from our own agenda and start. So that's, that's I think, in order to build unity, praying. The Bible says that he said, let your will be done and not mine. That was the power to resurrect Jesus from the death. Being able to say, it's not my will. It's your will that I got to follow. One of my favorite verses is Hebrews chapter five, verse eight. Although he was a son through what he afflicted was afflicted. He learned obedience. We got to learn obedience, but we got to let go of the things that we feel that we're too attached to that are priority for us, personal priorities and start taking the agenda of the unity. What does the Bible say about unity? The Bible says that we are one body with different, you know, uh, members, one body. That's what the Bible says about unity. The body of Christ is one. So there's no two bodies, three bodies. There once, there's one single body. Although we might have, we might come from different denominations. We might be assemblies of God. We might be church of God of the prophecy. We're still one single body. We're representing, we're, we're ambassadors of one single embassy, the embassy of heaven. And we got we to know that the Bible talks about that. Even Jesus, Jesus said to his father, let them see us, that we're one. Because that's the message that the world needs right now, especially after going through a pandemic. See, the pandemic came, and even if we didn't want it, we had to quarantine with our families. We had to stay away. That calls about a unity of something we could learn about this pandemic. It, it's that in families, within families, it brought unity to the family. Well, we got to learn that as a body of Christ. The Bible says that we're, we're one single body. 
And we got to let go of any thoughts, any ideas that I'm a single person. I'm, 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 I'm the star. I'm, I'm, I'm shining through my ministry. No, we're one body, the body of Christ. Do you see that happening? Do you see that there's a desire, a hunger to unite with others and to improve the unity within the body of Christ? Well, let me tell you something that has happened uh, with this pandemic. We've lost a lot of pastors, great pastors, a lot of colleagues. We've lost them. And, you know, we kind of are now that we're coming together because with this uh, International Leadership Summit that we had, we had the most influential leaders in Arizona at that summit. We had a brunch and we invited Superintendent Emilio LaCruz from AT Churches, Jose Rivera from Churches of God of the Prophecy, the president, MI, a movement, international movement, Pentecostal movement. The, the president was there. All these people were there and we felt we, that it was time for for us to come together, especially after losing so many colleagues, losing so many friends, it was time to, 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 you know, embrace ourselves. You know, we have, uh, and it felt, it felt great. So I believe that through the midst of everything that we've gone through, unity is now becoming alive more than ever. Pastor Edwin, how does the Bible define a godly leader? Oh, one word, one word, Sister Marina obedience obedience you will know throughout this whole history of humankind in the bible god tested leaders by their obedience obedience even jesus our our father's son was tried and he was tested by his obedience a godly leader is someone that has the sensitivity to hear to listen God talking to his life and be obedient. A godly leader knows how to follow. A godly leader knows how to listen. A godly leader knows how to submit himself and obey. That's the biggest word. You want to see a man of God? You want to see a godly leader? Look at him being obedient. He might not like it. He might have questions about it, but he will do it because in God's will, you don't quite you don't question God, God God's will. You obey God's will. Amen. Pastor Edwin, we know that having mentors in our life is so important, no matter what type of leader you are. Does the Bible encourage leaders to have mentors? And do the leaders that you meet with other leaders, of course, do they have mentors too that they could go to and receive godly counsel from? Well, see, we can't be teachers. If we were never students, we cannot be teachers if we never sat in a classroom to learn. For me, mentorship means to extend my knowledge, to, to create or have more knowledge. See, experience is created by circumstances that you live throughout in life. But knowledge, you only get it from learning. So every single pastor needs to have a mentor. Every single pastor needs to have somebody godly that he can go to and counsel and ask for guidance. Every godly leader needs to have a mentor. I myself, uh, I belong to Assemblies of God. That's my denomination. I have my superintendent. I have our board, our executive board. We have NHCLC. I have the president, uh, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, Tony Suarez, uh, uh, Gideon. And now uh, Pastor Abraham, Reverend Abraham Hernandez, who's kind of my direct boss. 
whom I report to. And most of the leaders that we work with, they're all under mentorship. They're, they all have somebody godly that they go to uh, and ask for counsel whenever they need it. What are some of the challenges that leaders are facing today here in Arizona? You brought up unity. Um, you also brought up resources. Are there any other challenges that leaders are facing today in Arizona or maybe just nationwide or even globally? Well, as you know, there are natural things that we, we got to face as leaders. And these are, for example, a pandemic, but we're constantly and we're always fighting. We're in a spiritual world. Uh, there, there's a spiritual movement that, that happens. And we, we got to know that there's a spiritual warfare that we're constantly fighting against. As, as, as Paul said, when he wrote to the Ephesians, uh, chapter six, verse 10 through verse 12, we're, we're constantly fighting. But I believe that one of the, the, the largest or one of the most important challenges that we're facing right now, pastors, is going to, through that transition. Some pastors mm-hmm. that had to close down their churches, that had to start an online service. That's a, that's a huge challenge for so many pastors that were not up to date with technology that did not know how to do that. That's why, you know, my organization, what we've been building for years is bringing those resources to these pastors so that they can, you know, advance with their ministry. You know, we teach them how to set up an online uh, service, what to do, what cameras to use. We're here to equip our pastors on those types of challenges. So going to do that transition of, you know, staying at home and, and, and giving a service mm-hmm. from your house or even from the church or the temple where you're at to your, your, your followers that are home, that's a huge challenge. And so, but we're here to provide those resources to our pastors. You mentioned that you lost a lot of, um, or the world lost a lot of pastors. Now, are you saying that they were lost because of, of the pandemic, the um, virus of COVID-19 or because they just left left the field or left the calling? The last uh, two weeks, I've been in three different funerals of friend of mine that died because of COVID. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard, but this is what I tell my other pastors. I tell them, listen, God has always a divine purpose and we cannot question that. But we got to ask ourselves, if, we're, if we survive, if you haven't died, if I haven't died, if this pandemic did not take us away, What's the purpose? I've always said this. When you discern your time, you will know your purpose. When you discern your time, you will know your purpose. Sometimes we just need to ask God, God, what is it you're trying to tell me? I survived COVID. It hit me, but I survived. What is your divine purpose for my life during these times? Pastor Edwin, do you think that some pastors feel like God has forgotten them because so much has happened. I, I, I feel, you know, the greatest, I mean, great, great men in the Bible went through the same situation. Elijah went through it. David went through it. So I, I believe we're not the exception. Every great man of God, every godly man of God and women of God will go through that process. But keep in mind what, what, what uh, the psalmist David said, even though we go through that valley of death, you know, he will never forsake us. He will never leave us. This is what I want to tell our pastors that are watching. God is there in the midst of the turbulence, in the midst of the hurricane. He's there. He will always be there with us. 
God has not forsaken us. He has not left us. We just need to reach out. I love what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 says about those great men. They conquered the promises. We got to reach out and conquer our promises. So we just got to, just got to step it up. We got to be strong and know that God will always be there for us. And to remember the history of what he has done in our lives too. There's a history of him keeping um, the promises in our lives. So we go back and remember that. That is also something that is so inspirational. Pastor Edwin, since every sphere in our world. But even to do that, Sister Marina, you need to have faith. True, true. And going back to what I was um, saying about since every sphere in our world is changing so drastically and quickly, how are leaders expected to change or prepared or they should, how should they prepare to change? And what will happen if they don't change? Mm. We are called to be uh, very active, involved with changes. Leaders that really want to be effective in what we're doing and what you're trying to reach uh, or trying to accomplish, we got to be actively involved. That's why I believe that unity plays a huge role in us advancing with the, uh, with, with the new things that are coming on board. See, every time we meet, every time we unite, every time we come together, we talk about different topics. We talk about different issues. We build knowledge. We increment our knowledge on all that is involved. And it's not actively right now involved in unity and gathering with other pastors. It's going to stay behind. And the leader stays behind. He's not going to be too, too, very much effective. In order for us to be effective, we got to be involved. We got to be active. So a leader that has, that is not growing with knowledge, that is not growing with the new things that are happening, will never be able to be strongly effective in his community. Do you see leaders wanting to change? Most definitely. Okay. Every single day, I get calls from different pastors saying, pastor, I want to do better. Pastor, I want, how can I improve this? How can I change this? Every, every single day. I'm very proud of our pastors. They're excited. They want to do things right. They want to continue being effective. And so I am so proud of our pastors that are saying, teach me. I want to learn. Pastor Edwin, what would you, uh, what advice or encouraging words would you give to leaders who are struggling to change right now? What would you tell them? We got to stay open. We've got to be very open. Um, look at Jesus. The, our, our, our most, our greatest example is Jesus. Sometimes they've asked me, Pastor, do you feel like Jesus was wrong by selecting a Judah? Do you feel Jesus was wrong when he selected a Peter? Uh, how did, did, was he wrong? No, Jesus always gave opportunities to everybody. Jesus will always give you an opportunity. God will always give you an opportunity. It's going to be up to us to take advantage of that opportunity. So I want to tell pastors and I want to encourage pastors to know that we're going to have challenges. We might sometimes make mistakes. We might sometimes, you know, I mean, who knows, but we got to know this, that God chose us for a reason. He saw something in us that maybe other people did not see that he decided to select us to be his ambassadors. And that's what, that's what it's all about. We just got to, we just got to be open. We got to be open to learning. We got to be open to, we got to be teachables. Mm-hmm. We got to, we got to, we got to be open about that. Otherwise, if we're not, we're just going to stay behind. In your own opinion, Pastor Edwin, how do you see leadership evolving 10 years from now? Oh, leadership is, will be, and I got to tell you this, 
will always be evolving. A leader that does not evolve, evolve will not be effective. We got to be constant. I mean, the world is changing. Look at it now. Technology has become a great, a great part of our lives now. You know, I mean, look at these little things now. Who knew about this 10 years ago? So the world is evolving. Every single minister needs to be open to evolve. We got to evolve as leaders. We got to evolve with our characters. We got to evolve with our concepts. We got to evolve with our vision because that's the only way. We're going to be effective and evolving sometimes hurts, you know, changing because change will make you will will take you out of your comfort zone. And that's not easy, you know, coming out of your comfort zone. But if you want to be effective, you got to change and changing will hurt. But at the end of the day, it's going to bless you. Right. We tend to be creatures of habit and just wanting to uh, be comfortable. Right. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. (laughs) Pastor Edwin, how should the body of Christ be preparing themselves spiritually right now? I know we talked about leaders, but what about the body of Christ? How should we be um, preparing ourselves spiritually for the future? Uh, Somebody asked me, Pastor, do you feel that we're going through the, the first phase of tribulation? Do you feel that the church is going through the first phase of tribulation. And uh, this is what I told them. I feel that the church has been sleeping for a very long time. I feel that the church has been, uh, has, has not been awake, you know, going through pains of awakening or, or, or pains will awake somebody having pain will not let you sleep. So we're not going through any tribulation right now, quite honestly. Otherwise, the church would be completely awake, but we're not. What do we need to do? We need to ask for a movement of the Holy Ghost. We need to ask for the movement of the Holy Spirit to come and visit us. The church, the people that goes to church, needs to ask God for the movement of the Holy Spirit in their life. And when I say movement of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit bringing conviction you know, of repentance. The Holy Spirit letting you, guiding you. To, to make the right decisions. We got to have the spirit of God uh, actively in our lives. So you said that we have been sleeping. Are we still sleeping? Yes, we are. The church has not, has not awakened yet. And I feel that everything that we've gone through is, is, is shaking us. It, it's trying to awake us. It's trying to tell us, hey, wake up. Everything that we've gone through, and it's time that we start waking up. It's time that the church needs to step it up it's time that the church becomes more active happening is it's shaking us it's telling us wake up so i feel that the church has been sleeping but has started to wake up okay so we are in the process of waking up yes we are that is correct we're in that process it's taking a little while it's taking a little while but it's happening so if it's taking a little while, what do we do to step it up as the body of Christ? You said to pray for the Holy Spirit, a movement of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Seek God with all your heart. Seek God with all of your heart. See, that's that's the secret. The secret is when we, like I said, when we can deny ourselves to let God live in us. Paul said, I no longer live for myself, but I live for Christ. We got to learn. As a, as a church to live for Christ, to leave our personal interest beside uh, aside and start living for God. When we start living for God, God becomes our priority. Church becomes our priority. Reading the Bible becomes our priority. 
Fasting becomes our priority. Praying becomes our priority. So we got to live in Christ. Living in Christ means separating the time to give priority to those things that are godly things. Yes, and living our lives radically for him, as you mentioned all those examples just now. Thank you so much, Pastor Edwin, for being on Faith City Outreach to um, share your biblical knowledge about uh, leadership and also um, about your experience as a leader. Would you please end with a prayer about praying for a movement of the Holy Spirit, as you mentioned? earlier. Sister Marina, I want to thank you for giving me this great opportunity on being on your show. Uh, as you know, my first language is Spanish. So you I go might, ahead and do it in Spanish. I might Amen. have said a few words. Okay, no let problem. me pray. Amen. Padre bendito, te doy gracias <laughs> en este hermosa tarde, en esta hermosa tarde, por el privilegio que me das de poder estar en esta transmisión. Señor, gracias por la vida de mi hermana Marina. Gracias por lo que estás haciendo en ella y por usarla en estos tiempos. Oro por el cuerpo de Jesucristo aquí en la tierra. Oro por cada iglesia y oro por cada pastor para que tu Espíritu Santo empiece a despertar, tu Espíritu Santo empiece a sacudir vidas y que podamos pararnos en la brecha como un solo ejército, como una sola voz. Padre, bendice a cada ministro, bendice a cada pastor, bendice a cada iglesia, que juntos podamos sacudir las esferas de los infiernos que juntos podamos acudir todo espíritu que ha querido entrar para entristecer, para batir a la iglesia en el nombre poderoso de Jesús. Amén y amén. You have just listened to Marina Maria, who is the host of Faith City Outreach and the founder of Global Gospel Worship Radio. Marina interviews local pastors and global leaders to share their testimonies and their ministries. If you're interested in being on Faith City Outreach, please contact Marina Maria at fcoprogram at gmail.com. This music is made as a courtesy from zapsplat.com. Marina wants to thank Four Winds Ministries for partnering with Faith City Outreach.